everybody it is friday and um you know it's new orleans it's summer uh unlike many places we don't shut down despite the ridiculous heat and we keep celebrating so we have a fabulous fashion show opening this friday at the new orleans museum of art um with several uh designers from new orleans including carolina gallup who I am going to be uh, interviewing shortly. And you're going to love this interview, although I, I give away the store and just ignore when I talk about a project I want to do, please. This will be a fun show. Stay tuned. Carolina Gallup is, without a doubt, my favorite designer. She just happens to be in New Orleans. Lucky us because she makes really beautiful, elegant, well-crafted clothes. And creative is, I think, the key word. And that's what people don't, I think, understand about fashion. Okay, there's some kind of interference. Is there a radio on in the background? Turned it off. Okay, go ahead. Okay, let's start again. Okay. Sorry. All right, now, um, three... Uh, that was a false start before this. Three, two, one. Carolina Gallup is without a doubt my favorite designer, and she just happens to be in New Orleans, lucky us, 
And I think the important thing about her work is that not only is it finely crafted and, um, and beautiful, but it's creative. And that to me is the most important criteria as most people who know me realize. But um, the fact that she is doing such creative work um, is an important statement about the fashion sense of New Orleans and what makes us distinctive, even though we're not LA or New York, um, we have a very distinctive fashion scene because we're such a creative city. So Carolina, uh, let's start from the beginning um, uh, as to why you're here, how you got here and, and what being a fashion designer in New Orleans is all about. But let me just say one more thing before we get into it too deep. And that's, I just wanna remind everybody that one of the okay. reasons I happen to be doing this interview with Carolina at the moment is that we have this huge show of fashion opening at the New Orleans Museum of Art. Previews tonight, tomorrow is open to the public. And I mean, it just promises to be sensational. There's nothing bigger in the museum world than the Metropolitan Mu Museum of Arts uh, fashion show with Karl Lagerfeld this year, which was remarkable to pick up every publication in the universe talking about Karl Lagerfeld again. And, and rightfully so, because again, one of the things about Karl Lagerfeld is his creativity, is how he was able to work in so many different modes and different uh, fashion houses and, and in his own work. Somewhere in my old wardrobe, I have a Lagerfeld. I just have to remember where it is because my, my, my vintage um, uh, things are sort of being put together for the fashion show and auction sale I'm going to have. Um, I was going to do it next spring, but I might just wind up doing it before this show is over. But Carolina, what's, how did you land in New Orleans? Uh, why are you working here? And how has this affected your, um, uh, ooh, your, your design uh, special feelings that you convey? Oh, God, Jean. Uh, thanks for having me on, by the way. You've one of my favorites. Uh, fans in the city. Um, well, I moved here 26 years ago and it's funny because I started making, I set up a sewing machine and started making a bunch of clothes and um, and then started doing fashion shows. Not necessarily to be a fat, big fashion designer, but just to show what I made, not to uh, say, oh, I want to be a, on a big stage. I want to go to Paris. I didn't have any of those types of feelings. It was more for creativity for just to in order to create an event and have something around that event I decided to start doing fashion shows so I made my pieces I would have about 50 different designs that I would put on a runway I would walk down the street looking for models and it's funny because <laughs> one of those models happens to be Anais St. John when she worked at Chico's so I was walking down Decatur and I, I lived in a quarter at the time and I saw this young lady in the window putting up some work clothing on the window, window dressing or whatever. And I walked in and I said, hey, I'm doing a fashion show. I just moved here from New Orleans a couple of months ago. And I wanna know if you like to model, if you have a model. She goes, no, I never modeled. So I said, well, would you like to? She goes, well, I don't, I don't think I can. I said, yes, you can. Do you wanna do it? Yes. So I said, okay, well, let's do it. So, and so Anais St. John has been modeling for me for over 26 years. That's how long I've been here. And she happens to be on the, so when the, when the New Orleans Museum of Art contacted me about this exhibition, 
um, I actually thought about Anae St. John. I mean, she still looks good. She's beautiful. She's been doing her music and her thing. She's never stopped, just like myself. I've never stopped creating and designing and making pieces. I enjoy doing it. I invited her as well as a photographer, Sergio Arturo, who also was taking photos of my fashions 20 something years ago. So he happens to be the design, the fast, the fashion photographer who photographed Anais for this piece at the museum that's gonna open tonight. So, I mean, I went full circle seems like. Um, and so I never stopped. And I think because I never stopped designing and doing what I enjoy doing as far as making clothing and dressing women. Um, and men, I haven't made men's shirts in a while, but I'm going to start again. Um, it really, it really brought me to a point where I'm thinking, wow, you know, you never, if you do something you love, it's never work. And it's not something that you stop. You just keep doing it. You're a fashion artist. You keep at it. Um, now I'm teaching the art of sewing because I want other people to do the same thing and maybe get inspired by that. Um, but I, you know, I've, I enjoy making things. I enjoy taking a piece of fabric and turn it into something beautiful. Um, I, I get clients that come and say, oh, can you make me such and such and such? And I think I'm at the point where I don't want to make wedding dresses anymore and specialty pieces because it's very hard to deal with brides uh, when it comes down to that. But, yeah. and then I don't play this bride. I mean, she's my least favorite client would be a, a wedding because there's the mama, there's the mama in law, there's the bride. There's the <laughs> Come on, go ahead. <laughs> and also, there's the fact that you make the beautiful dress, you've done the fitting, you made a sample, the sample fits perfect, you make the dress, and then, uh, the, then the, the bride comes in and she's lost all this weight before her wedding dress, and the dress doesn't fit anymore. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to stick to. It, it, you know, I've had clients, I've had a young lady come to me and I made her like one of those um, Marilyn Monroe dresses that types around the back. And that was really easy and beautiful. I mean, she's, she got married 20 something years ago and she's so happy. She thinks the dress was her, what brought her good luck because she's still married. Um, <laughs> but I really love to hear those stories. I, I've got models. I, you know, Jean, as you know, during Hurricane Katrina, we all lost a lot of our things here. I lost my whole studio and um, oh, and I kind of gave up wanting to do sewing again. And um, so when people asked me to make things, I would say, no, no, no. And I felt bad to do that. So I just recently in the past two, three years set up my sewing studio again in the house um, and started making things. So I'm in the process of just creating, creating, creating. So now if somebody wants something, they'll have to come to the studio and see a sample of what I have. I'm, I'm not necessarily making custom pieces, but I would be okay. happy to eventually. Stop there because I have two custom pieces I want to talk to you about. We should talk off live and I can't resist because I really want to just not forget about this. Somewhere in history, and I don't literally remember where at all, I bought a huge beautiful embroidered silk i don't know what it was it might have been it might have been a chinese curtain it might have been a, a, some kind of bedspread or something but it's extraordinarily beautiful and elegant and you can't put it on a bed especially if you if you have a blue healer named max like me max just yeah. 
jump right on that bed and snuggle in and rub his <laughs> around in it. And no, so that it's not going there. It's going to go on me. And, and right. is going to figure out what to do with it. Secondly, yeah, I love to drape it on you and make something for you. This is what we have to do. So secondly, I've always had the idea of creating a line of women's Cuban shirts. So the shirts with the pockets, what are they called? Yeah. Guayabaya. Guayabaya. Of women's guayabaya. Now, what makes it women's? And then instead of being straight, which we're not, it, it would be cinched at the waist, flared out. It would ah. flare out. So it would be like a line. Or if you have some other idea, but the idea is guayabe is for women, not for men. It's always men get to wear those and I love them, especially the linen ones that come from right. you that I got from Panama when I was doing some work there. But also, uh -huh. I was gifted the guayabayas um, that used to be worn by Mr. Khan, who was a, I'm trying to remember Mr. Khan's first name, I'm so bad with names, who, who was a photographer and he shot all of the second line clubs in the city, he made films of them. And um, he had a huge collection of the, of the Cuban shirts. And um, I'm saying Cuban. I know they're not just Cuban. They're Korean. Yeah, we have them in Honduras. I buy one every year. I bring one back. So you know what you could do, Jean? We could buy them extra large and turn them into dresses. Well, recycling. They, 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 they can't be straight because I got a big behind. My husband, well, we can do something about my that. Crushes my my <laughs> my jeans because of my behind. And um, I, I know I I I just. Everybody, women are not straight. So, uh, but I think it's a possible line that we could really generate as a concept and make some money on because I have right. to make more money at this age. You know, it's not job time anymore. It is what you do, create. And I love to create and I don't yeah. do it. Okay, so enough of the little sales pitch. I love to make a sample of something like that with you. That's exactly. Um, it's I've a men's shirt that you add. I have, I have several shirts in my closet. Uh, linen. Also, I really imagine it being made out of like, how do you say, voile? You know, so real sheer fabric. Yeah, that yeah. Really cool. And some people here wear the. I, I'm wearing a jersey T-shirt. That's what I had on this morning when I called you, and I just threw my scarf on. That's what I do a it's lot. It's so hot. You want cotton and linen here. Yeah, and we should we should wear uh, wow. I don't know why that is more popular in the wow. south. It, you know, I don't know how the right way to pronounce it. I've heard it both ways, voile and voile. I think it's voile. It, what which one? Which one is it? Voile. Voile. Okay. So listen, I think that you know, I'm I'm also you know I'm involved with Rick Rack, um, which is a sustainability fabric. Um, place over here on uh, Aretha Castle Haley and we're all about recycling so you could take all those shirts and dresses and turn them into something else Let's have um, it. I, I love that I that's I think that's Why where I'm heading to Carolina there's a there's you've got these manufacturers in in places like you know Puerto Rico and Cuba and and uh, I'm sure all the Central American countries and, and Panama is where I bought some really beautiful white linen ones. And I remember seeing, I think it was Bianca Jagger. I think it was uh -huh. Bianca 
Jagger, but somebody like her, if not her, oh, there's another woman who's looks like her, really, you know, structured, very high prominent bone structure, who wore it. And there are pictures of it. I just, just drew, I said, yes, that's what I want to be able to wear. And we shouldn't be cheated yeah. of, of not being able to wear guayabas just because we have big, big behinds. So exactly. That's, that's where what, your seamstress comes in. We're going to call it. Um, so my line of clothes that I want to do is going to be called Paula's Palace. But this is going to be oh. Paula's Palace by Carolina. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I I shouldn't be. Joking. I would love to help you out with that. I'm 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 looking for something somewhere. If we can find a bigger space to set up a sewing studio, we can go for it. Because I I've got a lot of people that I taught sewing to that would be happy to come in and help with projects like that. I have an idea about a place. It happens to be in Araby, but we'll talk about that later. Oh, okay. so excited! So 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 okay so. Um, you make this commitment, you come off it for a moment because of the trials and trauma of um, Katrina, who didn't switch gears during that time. And, and the other big gear right. switching was the pandemic. And uh, I always say that we're in the post-pandemic pandemic because we're still right. through the uncertainty and the, the, the um, shifting of gears we just we really don't know where we're going to come out of this and right now we just have really ugly politics that are such a shame because mm -hmm. America was based on the idea of welcoming so many different people we're all I love how these people complain about immigrants right single last one of us all the way down to the Native Americans is an immigrant called Native yes Americans, the indigenous people of the United States many of them came from Siberia and uh, mm -hmm. from uh, uh, over the Bering Strait, and many of them came up from South America. So, you know, the word- Oh, how easy they forget, Jane, how easy they you know, forget. It's, it's so funny that people um, think the word lanyap is a French word. Guess what, it's not. It's an indigenous Indian word from, oh. from I, I'm not sure exactly which country, but it comes from, I know in Panama, they had the Cuevas Indians and the Cuevas, um, I guess, uh, you know, I don't know whether Indian would be the right word, but the indigenous people, Cuevas uh -huh. tribes, and they um, immigrated into this region. And you go to Louis to uh, south, the coast of Mississippi, and you've got um, lots of people with the last name Cuevas. So, you know, we don't, we don't uh. really know what our roots are is what I'm getting at. And, and oh, right, exactly. We're all, you know, we're all mixed up some kind of way or another. Right. You know, getting back to, you were talking about the pandemic. That's really when I brought up my sewing machine because people started calling me, asking me to make them masks. And I said, oh, mask, I didn't even mask. I don't make, I don't know how to make masks. So I sat down and made a sample and realized, oh, I can make a mask. And I could tell you that I made over a hundred masks oh, for wow. people that were panicking before masks were even, people even know what to do about Oh my God, this thing that we got to cover our faces. And I'm telling you, I, I've made masks for nurses, doctors. I've made masks for friends. I shipped masks to Boston, California, I New have York. No idea. It was insane. Oh my it, was, it was the most panic. That pandemic is what helped for me to bring that sewing machine back out because I had it in the attic. And, you know, I was too busy having fun and really 
not keeping up with what I should be keeping up with, including making your top that, that I was supposed to a while back. We'll get back to this another story for another day. But I tell you what, the pandemic, Katrina stopped me from making clothing because my stuff was gone. The disaster of that pandemic brought out my sewing machine because people were panicked asking me to make the mask. As a matter of fact, I still have a couple of those masks somewhere in my uh, studio up there. And I would love to take those and bring them out and put them in one of my fashion shows so that we don't forget where we were, you know, three, three and a half years, four years ago. And the panic that we felt. And, um, and then, you know, the need that came up that. I mean, a lot of people went into different businesses, staying home and stuff like that. I, I'll tell you what, that making those masks was a challenge because I didn't want to do it. I was getting frustrated because I'm making the same thing over and over and over, but I realized that I had to do it. They, people needed me. I became part of that city of New Orleans. Um, I forget what it's called, but people can go on and order masks and they were free masks that they were giving away. So I got involved with that. Ooh, just thinking about it gives me stress. So, but I'm really excited about the show at the New Orleans Museum of Art tonight, so, um, where I am going to be featured. <clears throat> let's talk about that for a minute because initially, <coughs> some of the first things in writing that I saw about it talked about mainly about the international designers <clears throat> in it, but I didn't see the references to the local designers. I was saying, What's the matter with these guys? But uh, you told me, and that was the first time I found out that there are five New Orleans designers in the show. Exactly. I was a little disappointed when I read the Gambit article. I was like, wait a minute. They didn't even mention the fact that they're going to have, it's new, it's New Orleans. They, they named somebody from the 1800. Okay, she was fabulous. I love the dress that's in there. But I was talking to Tracy. I ran into her at a party that I was not going to go to. And I ran into her and she told me about this exhibit that was coming. And I said, oh my God, let's do a fashion show. I'll, I'll get a bunch of designers and we'll do a show because she knows that I've been throwing fat, doing fashion shows here for years. And I pluck out all the designers that are in their little studios to come on and come show their stuff and when we do my shows. So she said, that's a great idea. And of course, you know, time the time is not, wasn't, isn't right for them to actually do a fashion show or wasn't. So she invited me to do a piece. So what it is, is they're going to, they took, I didn't know there was five designers. I thought I was the only one. <laughs> but um, so what they, what the, what the, what the program, what the, what, what they're doing is, so I had to do, I made this dress in two days, had it photographed. I started Friday, had it photographed on Sunday and sent it to her Sunday evening to the museum. They're going to put this on a six to eight. The photos are going to be on a 68, six to eight foot vinyl cutout oh of the model. So it's not the actual dress that's going to be there. It's going to be the, so all the different designers pieces are going to be not alive in there, but they're going to be photos of these cutouts of the dresses oh, with great. a piece of fabric of those dresses next to the dress to show that, yes, this was actually made and here's the fabric. It's a really, really crazy concept, but <laughs> I was just happy to be a part of it. And I really appreciate them doing it for me.
certain things about New Orleans that surprisingly considering how much promotion we do about the city that um, we don't promote and um, I try mm -hmm. to pick up on those things and do justice to them so we're working on right now thank you um, a whole series of, of ways of presenting our dance you know we talk about our music we talk about our food our architecture uh -huh. to less extent but still even visual art gets some play but we, we, we don't talk about dance. You don't have music without dance and everybody in New Orleans dances uh, to the music uh -huh. in the street or on their porch or in their home or at the uh -huh. ball or the, or the not so fancy funky balls. I mean, it's all about our dance. And so we're I'm working on a, both a video production and a live show that will culminate all of the work that we're gonna do shooting all over the city. So anytime you hear about that, make sure you get me involved in that. Well, I just I said dance. Let me know. Let me know anything. I am down. Okay, we're gonna. This is gonna be beautiful. My cinematographer William Sabarin, who's Cuban. Uh, do you know William? Um, William probably Sabarin, if I see him. Big tall guy. I know everybody by by looks. I'm so bad with names. Okay, I'll meet him. But um, anyway, when once you meet him and you see how he shoots and edits 
footage, you will never forget his name because he's the best. And he's doing awesome. this for me. And uh, a lot of other people are involved in the project as well. But anyway, um, uh-huh. so I, I um, would like to hear from you your perspective on how your fashion is influenced by being in New Orleans. Well, <laughs> New Orleans is a big inspiration. This is actually where I actually, you know, I started making bell bottoms, which is why I went to school to do fashion. Um, I wanted to make bell bottoms and I lived in California at the time. Um, when I moved here, what inspired me was the were the balls um, and I started making gowns, like beautiful gowns for myself because I got invited to a ball and I added and did a lot of those in my fashion shows. But, you know, recently, I think I've just been, I think the heat is getting to me. So I've been making a lot of bathing suits and flowy dresses, a little more comfortable as opposed to just making things that you get to wear out to parties. So I'm in the process of caftans and bathing suits right now. I think that the weather directs me, um, is directing my, the way I design now. But New Orleans inspires me by the, the festivals, um, the Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras was really, <laughs> I mean, those ball gowns, being able to dress as a princess and make my own dress, um, that really, that really did it for me. I love to make uh, ball skirts and, um, you know, I used to make a lot of men's clothing, pants, shirts, um, and I I haven't done that in a while. I mean, I'm not really inspired by that, but those Guayabera shirts you just told me about, I think we're going to have to really start talking about that. Now, that's another I'm different so inspiration. And I've been talking about it for about, I hate to admit how long, 20 years that I've oh. been of craving them and, and I have bought as I said many of them but as I you know I'm, I'm uh, of a certain age as they say and so you know that straight just doesn't work so we, we, we got to get to work on this definitely you so, know another thing that inspires me is this recycling um right. taking things that are in your closet and turning them into something else you know, I'm tired of going to, I don't go to TJ Maxx and those stores and go shopping anymore. I love, I used to hit a lot of thrift stores, but I realized I've got eight boxes of clothing that I'm sending to Honduras because they're things that, boxes, wow. eight boxes of clothing and items and stuff, but a lot of clothes. I mean, those clothes can easily end up in a dump pile somewhere. So I'm just going to recycle them. And I was thinking, well, I might start digging in those boxes and making remaking things out of them. <laughs> you know, but anyways, yeah, I'm inspired by by New Orleans. She is my inspiration. Well said, and I think that that's true for uh, many people who uh, come here really with a very vague sense of the romanticism. And, and the uniqueness of the city and the celebratory spirit. There's so many stories about people coming here for Jazz Fest or Mardi Gras and just you know sending for their things to come and staying here and never going back home. There's lots I, of I did that. Did you? I was, I was planning, when I lived in California, I was planning to move to Panama. And um, I got invited to come visit New Orleans and I, I was here for two, three weeks. I went back to LA and I had this longing. I missed New Orleans as, and I didn't understand what it was, but I had a pulling back here. And I say within six weeks, I was living here <laughs> from the first time I went. 
within six weeks. And when I leave to get on an airplane to travel somewhere and I'm at the airport, I get this longing already, like this pain in my stomach, like, oh, I didn't want, I don't want to leave. What is it about the city? Um, I think, I mean, I can answer that for myself because it reminds me a lot of La Ceiba, Honduras, where I'm from, the weather, the people. Um, it's, you know, we're Spanish colonial here too, in a, in a way. So a lot of parts of La Ceiba are very, um, it's a very, um, La Ceiba is where everybody would go to party just like New Orleans is, like the French Quarter is. Um, and so at one point, um, people, everybody went to Cuba and then they, they took a boat over to La Ceiba. Those were like big party spots. And I was born right smack dab, not even in the center, like right in front of it. <laughs> so. That's probably what moved how me do you, here. How do you spell that? La Saber. What? How do you spell that? It's L, capital L A, and then Saber, capital C, E I B A. So I've actually my bathing suits are called the Saber Collection. Huh. Okay. And you know, you heard about the Saber trees? No. The Saber trees. They cut down most of the trees to build a lot of houses here in the South. Some of the strongest trees, you see those big, uh, those big mansions, those big homes you see on St. Charles or these antebellum homes out in the parishes. Those were built from trees with strong wood from, from saber trees. Wow. And maybe other trees that probably came from Cuba and everywhere else that they cut down. But um, that the saber tree is one of the strongest wood on the planet. So oh. I'm made of that. Saber. I'm a Saber girl, just like a New Orleans girl now. Huh, interesting. I'm mm -hmm. not gonna, uh, I'm gonna explore that a little bit too as we <laughs> get into this um Guayabaya thing we're gonna do. I'm really excited yeah. about this. Um, we wear like my dad used to wear a Guayabeta every day. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like Guayabeta on oh yeah. Yeah every day I'm, I'm he had just, a Guayabeta. And I, I, I should just, you know, say, oh, isn't that nice? But no, I'm just plain jealous. I'm jealous that I can't wear them. I want to wear them. Well, you know what? Let's talk about that. Maybe we, you can. Um, yeah. You can. And we're going to work on one sample. Okay. And that'll be uh, quickly, as you said, what did you do? You went and made your the dress for this show in, in two days. And, uh, and then on from there. So we'll, and with the masks, you start with a mask and next thing you know, you've got a hundred masks. We're gonna make a lot of guayabas. I'm really, I believe in this. <laughs> I believe that people want to, to dress better for the heat. You know, one of the things that I think is, uh, is missing in New Orleans is taking advantage of our disadvantages, right? So oh. we do enough dealing with the climate change and the threats to our homes. We don't really sort of, confront and deal with that and take on the responsibility of looking okay how do you build so that you can still live in this wonderful place despite mm -hmm. ocean rise we don't do that mm -hmm. enough and when it comes yeah. to clothing i don't believe and we do have some there are designers who came from new orleans people's for, people forget liz claiborne came from here um patrick oh. Uh, Trichy, uh, I don't know how you pronounce his name, but the hat maker is from here. Oh, um, oh. The, the people who make the uh, alligator um, uh, fasteners for belts, I, I'm trying to remember their, the name of the, the people. Pulitzer, I think. What? 
I think it's Alexa Pulitzer, isn't it? No, 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 no. That's that's um, uh, Alexa does um, primarily. She does do alligator bags, but no, I'm talking about uh, the alligator um, uh, cap, um, closures. The uh, the the how you put the, the it's a it's like I want to say Kierkegaard, and I know it's not Kierkegaard because that's a philosopher writer, but it's a name like that. And then uh, Bendel, Bendel, one of the most famous department stores in history. Bendel, Henri Bendel is from Louisiana. And, and you are kidding. I am learning a lot today. Right. And, and there, are, there are others that we are, un, are under recognized as being from here. But I just feel like, again, we're not making as much as we should of living in this very tropical environment. And guess what? This tropical what? environment is now global. Everybody is dealing yeah. with this heat. You see the stories every day in the news about yeah. all of the really torrid temperatures everywhere. Terrible. And we Terrible. need to address people for that weather. So yes. I'm sorry. I, I'm just such an advocate and promoter, and I should be just interviewing you. Let me you know when I'm done, when I get out of when I when I walk around nowadays, I have a bathing suit top on because I can't stand those broads in the heat. Oh, so I, that's I, what I started making bathing suits. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Oh, actually, that's another that's another thing that we should think and talk about because you know there are more and more designers online, you know, who are selling um, these uh, bras that don't have uh, underwires, which were so right. and uncomfortable. Um, I don't even wear those. I mean, I'm, I haven't worn a bra in twenty years, to tell you the truth. But um, oh, it's too hot for bras. Scarves. The scarf, my scarf is my bra. But, uh, everybody sees Maybe I'll make a mask, a mask for my boobs. <laughs> right. A mask for the boobs. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I idea. think we just invented something else. There goes an idea. <laughs> Isn't that a bandu? Bandu? <laughs> Bando? Bando? Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. I saw a woman yesterday outside of um, Canseco's grocery on Esplanade. She had on some kind of a um, something that kind of covered her boobs and crisscrossed in the back, and her pant her you know every all these women now are walking around in these short shorts right, and and this woman had on a, a little something on the bottom that I swear looked just like a slightly, slightly elaborated pair of white panties. And I said, girl, where are <laughs> well, you, you know, I, I love my bloomers like too. You? I've been doing a lot of bloomers in the summertime. You remember those when I first moved in in the 90s, people were wearing slip dresses. I love that. And I saw if you're going to wear a slip dress right now with this 120 degree weather we have, you need to wear a slip dress. You know, nobody's going to look at you like you're crazy. So, well, but. You know, but Another one of my sayings uh, since I in, in recent years has been that I, I used to shop at Bergdorf and Bendel's, which is true. Uh -huh. Now I shop at Walgreens and Walmart. And at Walmart, <laughs> <laughs> at Walmart, there's a, a dress line or, or a, a line of clothes called Time and True. I have absolutely no idea where it comes from. They're probably just made in China. But it's a, a long, I bought three or four of these long black cotton dresses with just a, a V in the front and a V in the back on the top, uh -huh. $10 a piece. And oh my, Jesus. That's my uniform, I wear a jacket over them or a scarf 
And that, that's pretty much what I wear all summer long. And you know, that's another thing. A lot of things are made in China and they come here and they're cheaper. So one thing that I'm excited about is made in America, right? So Absolutely. we I'm teaching a lot of young people and a lot of adults how to sew. And I would love to be able to pull those people into my manufacturing company or your manufacturing company to Our, help us sew Our, those things together. Made in America. Absolutely. I, I can, and they're not going to cost $10, though. I mean, you got to pay a little bit more because it was made in exactly. not just America, but no, in New Orleans. Okay. We're going to know when we do that, that we are paying somebody to make that stuff. And, and, and the thing about a $10 dress that I feel guilty about, quite frankly, is that I know that the people who made it are probably making a dime a day. So that's, that's well, the same part. Yeah. Oh, you know, we can't look at it that way because we're, at least they have a little job, but still I wouldn't look at it as, or feel bad about it. I just think that we need to make things in this country that we don't make. And, um, and I think um, taking, you know, I mean, taking natural fibers, like getting hemp from Canada or, you know, getting, I mean, if you think about New Orleans, we're kind of, like three countries we're france spain and america right <laughs> so and africa we're going to be made in america yeah we and we have we have a lot of influences here and um I, I, one of the quieter influences that people uh don't recognize but they 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 know there's something there but they just can't put their finger on it they don't know how it works but there are there's a couple, there's many different accents in new orleans but yeah. two of them are fascinating. There's the Ninth Ward accent, which sounds to me as a former New Yorker, like Brooklyn, you know, <laughs> um, where yeah, okay? But there's an accent in St. Bernard that is the only accent I've ever heard anywhere that is almost exactly like the, the accent from my hometown, which is the Bronx, the South Bronx. I always wow. I grew up in the Bronx, in the South, and then I pause and I say Bronx, and, and, and the, the Bronx accent is very, I don't know how to say it, but it's like, you know, hi, darling. It's not like hi, darling, which is more nice. Yeah. You know, Brooklyn is very, blah, 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 but the Bronx is wah, wah, wah. And, and you yeah. listen to people from, and even people who are sort of moved away from, from Chalmette or Poitras or Violet, those are the towns in, in, in St. Bernard. They still have hints of that. When I listen to Miss um, Bennett, uh, um, uh, not Bennett, the, the woman who owns the Saints, who's again, just like you, I'm, I'm terrible with names. Isn't that funny? That's oh, one of my Benson, last names Benson, too. Benson. So I think she must be from, from, from St. Bernard because I hear just a tight, slight twinge of it. The twang. I said, oh yeah. And my sister is my favorite one who I always, realize that we're from the Bronx when she says, I saw you the other day. Not I saw, <laughs> but I saw you the other day. I don't yeah, know. the accents I'm are really people's accents that that reveal that what's what they're made of, you know, uh, originally. You know, I love when I'm doing those second lines and people think I'm somewhere from somewhere else. Where are you from? Where are you visiting from? Like, what? I'm from here. They're like, no, you're not. I'm like, yeah, I'm from here. I've been here 26 years. They're like, damn. No, but 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 let's be honest. The truth of the matter is, if you are not from New Orleans, you're you not from New Orleans. Not dance like a New Orleanian. You can approximate it, 
but I'm definitely cannot even talk right now. know whether they're from here or somewhere else. Same thing with the music. You have a lot of musicians who try to do that New Orleans beat, and you can hear it. I said, oh, that kind of sounds like New Orleans, but I know they're not from here. Carolina, we right. can go on for about two or so. Oh, Jean, I know. I'm so over, gone over time, but I love talking with you. Always have. And, you too. Um, Thank you so much for highlighting all of us artists and name uh, the other city. artists from New Orleans. We didn't do that. Who are the other artists from New Orleans? You said there were five. So you know, there there are five different designers that are going to be featured tonight. I I'm really shocked that they didn't put that in a press release. At least it wasn't listed in the paper. I know, I know I'm in there, <laughs> and there's a lady named Tabitha Batoon, but I'm not sure. You know what's funny that when I've been doing fashion shows here for a long time, and I've had other designers come in, and none of those designers, and they were good, are part of this exhibit. So this inspires me even more to put a show together where I can invite all those local fashion designers to show their things so that we can show the world that we have other designers here. It's not just five of us here. However, the five that they do have, I mean, they're really great designers. And I, I, they're not people that I've, that I've known to call to come in. I know one of the girls with Passion Life, um, she has a little boutique, I forget her name. And I guess the other young lady, Tabitha Bethune, and then there's two other people that I don't have the name. I believe I sent you the, the list there. But I think people will really enjoy the show. Go to the museum, check out the exhibit. I think it's going to run through November. I'm not sure, but you can go on their website to, to get the information. Tonight is the opening for um, patrons and members. So if you're not a member, now I know, become a member. I want to get invited to some stuff over there. Um, and then tomorrow it's open to the public. So it runs for a while. So people have time to go. And as you know, Wednesdays is uh, free Wednesdays for locals with their ID. So I think I'm going to bring a bunch of friends with me next Wednesday. <laughs> We're going oh, back. Yeah, so um, I'll, yeah, let me mark that down because I'll uh, think about inviting people to come on Wednesday too. Caroline yeah. Gallup, as I said in the beginning, my favorite designer and person, just a very thoughtful, creative, obviously, and personable uh, uh, designer of clothing and other, and masks and other things in the city. The mask, the mask almost took me out, but there, it's also inspired me to start sewing again as well. You got to save me one. I didn't even know you were doing that. I got to get one from you. All yeah, right, I have Gina Gallup. Thank you very much. And um, I'll see you out at NOMA. Awesome. Thanks, Jean. Take care. You bye too. Bye bye. Bye bye. So, this is Jean Nathan. I hope you enjoyed Carolina. She's a trip. I love her. And I um, uh, hope that you'll tune in again every Friday at noon. Jean Nathan, Across Town Conversations. Bye.